Hey everybody, you're listening to Save Savage Radio Podcast, and I am your host, Benitria, and we are here with Rosen, and we're going to be talking about godly waiting. Rosen, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, who you who you are and what you do? First, like to thank you for the opportunity um, to be on your podcast, and also I would like to greet, extend my greetings to your lovely audience, and also like to thank God as well uh, for giving us another opportunity for us to live and see this day, and also for giving us the wisdom and the understanding of him and to be here to share with a lovely audience about the subject matter. Okay, Rosino, I'm Rosino Puku and I'm from Ghana, West Africa. I'm a Ghanaian by birth and um, I'm according to the pastoral ministry and at the moment I'm receiving training in the wilderness and um I think that is a brief about me, yeah. Yeah. So you said that you're in the wilderness for training. Um, I know you're in leadership in your church right now as well, correct? Uh, At the moment, um, I'm working as a deacon, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the... the waiting period for the full manifestation of the ministry that God wants you to do. So you're in a little bit of, yeah. So you're waiting right now. Um, so for you personally, what does that look like? Um, knowing that you're called to be a shepherd and, um, knowing that you're called to, to pastor, um, while in your current state like or your current position you um are serving as um a deacon so what is like what does that look like in faith what does that look like um yeah mostly in faith first and then we can talk about like in service and um and living it out but like in faith how do you feel um, well, first, um, you feel privileged, you know, to be called by God Almighty um, into his, 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 his business or his kingdom, you know, assignment and all that. But um, secondly, you realize that it's personally for me, it's, it's a top call, you know, it's a top call because the understanding of the ministry or understanding of God calling you into the pastoral ministry comes with a lot of challenges. You know, uh, challenges that, that you need to know the God who has called you, you need to understand him, you need to know his word, the purpose of his calling, what he has, uh, I mean, what, what he expects of you, the kind of life he, what you like, uh, 
he wants you to live like paul said that you are set free from sin but you have become i mean a slave of righteousness so you realize that at that moment when god calls you personally for me i realized that god was god is god was purging me and is still purging me because um you want to get you want to get out of me like uh, for me to get those worldliness things out of me for me to be i mean god to for me to be able to pursue the things of god and other things of this world so the whole process becomes me going through a more a season of i mean god training me for me to depend solely on him regardless of the circumstances and this comes about when even your family does not even understand i mean your new life um the church so the muslim church um, your church members and even some leaders do not understand what you are even going through it becomes an internal war you know you don't know who to go to i'm speaking from personal experience you know you feel like um a sense of being rejected you know like uh, everyone's you act so different because you begin to know how sinful the world is you begin to know how evil the world is and now god has called you out of this evil world and he's preparing you to set his people free and now it becomes each and every day a struggle 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 so personally as i'm having um at the moment i'm a dick in my church and um, it becomes a whole lot of issue for me in the sense that you realize so many you realize called but few are chosen so many, many are people called are called and okay. few are chosen are you, are you good to go yeah it was breaking up but you repeated it yep that was you said that many were called but few were chosen okay. yeah yeah okay but you know that many are called but few are few are chosen it, it, it brings us to the knowledge that, I mean, um, you can be called by God, but at the end of the day, you'll be disqualified by God mm -hmm. because of certain things that you were doing, you were doing that, that, that way so ungodly. You understand? Because mostly when God calls us, God has, a, a, I mean, a, a package for us. And this package is a promise. And every promise comes with waiting. You know, this promise is God providing for you. This promise is uh, God, I mean, protecting you. This promise is all about God, um, 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 like, I mean, I mean, revealing himself to you daily for you to know him and understand him more. So realize protection, provision, and also um, um, giving you the wisdom and the, and the anointing to do his work. So realize that this, in a way, can also people people may also call this like a covenant because one God calls you, God is in a covenant with you. Yeah. So and this covenant, this promise always also comes with obedience, and this is not just it's obedience, but a total obedience. And um, sometimes, you no know, um, waiting is a long suffering. For you, you may be like calculating according to some um according to some durations maybe god has called you 
you want to be fully um, operational in the next one year or two years but that is not the plan of god maybe god has planned that in the next five years he's going to give you the kingdom but you have chosen that two years time you need to start your ministry and it becomes you you struggling you are trying to i mean um do the things that god has to do you are forcing yourself so it becomes a struggle because you are in a haste you know to 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 do god's work but god has planned everything that in the next five years you are going to start the ministry this also brings us to our father of faith abraham in the book of genesis 12 that when god called abraham abraham was from a polydestic family polydextic family means that he was from a family that worshiped many gods and god calling him from the isle of the cardin and abraham's background was was full of let me say idolatry and all that but god chose abraham and god established a covenant with him that he's going to make him a father of many a father of many nations and uh we realized that there was a problem that how can abraham i mean fulfill this promise was is uh he like he's childless sarah is also of 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 age of, of, of age she's very old but abraham has to trust god you know abraham has to trust god for the promise to be fulfilled so we realized that in the case of abraham the promise tarried and once the promise tarried abraham was was to waiting but it got to a point in time that sarah you know was unable to wait any longer that he, he persuaded abraham to sleep with a, a, a maid servant which is hagar and they conceived um ishmael but because god is faithful and one god god will never break his covenant once he has spoken once god calls you and god established his covenant with you that he says that maybe rosen you are going to be i've called you into the pastoral ministry at all costs that promise will be fulfilled but how you the kind of i mean the kind of lifestyle that you live can also i mean prolong the promise or it can turn into i mean a, a ministry of cancel i would like to complete the abraham before i come to cancel as i want to just oppose these two i mean characters so that we will be able to understand the promises of god so in the case of abraham when abraham conceived ishmael with uh with hagar god still told abraham that this is not the promised son the promised son will be from the seed of you and Sarah. So at that moment, God has to tell Abraham to let Hagar and Ishmael go. But God still promised that he's going to bless the descendants of Ishmael. So we have the um, Ishmaelites that God still keeps his covenant by blessing the, um, the, the first seed of Abraham with Hagar, which is not the promised son so um god told abraham that he should listen to 
what Sarah is saying is why that you should let Hagar go with Ishmael and they are going to conceive the promised son Isaac. So Abraham still believed in the voice of God. Sarah also loved, you know, because she was still um, doubting. So it came to pass that they conceived the promised son and they called him Isaac. And Isaac means that he loved because they loved. They loved God, let them call the promised son Isaac. So in we what we learn from the Abrahamic story or the Abrahamic covenant is the promise kept on tarrying and Abraham was still in a good position of faith. He was standing by faith. Yeah. And Sarah initially initially Sarah was also standing by faith, but it got to a point that they realized because of their age, the promise could not be fulfilled. So Sarah, Sarah ran out and Abraham also in a way because of um, his wife's behavior, she was also like um, propelled to that direction of, okay, let me, it seems it is impossible. So waiting is a long suffering waiting is a very long suffering and also in the case of job when job lost everything that god has given to him his children his properties and all that and he was stricken down by a deadly boils and all that he was going through a moment of pain and this pain is very was very I mean, extreme that we, when we imagine, we realize that Job has to have, I mean, given up, but he kept on. And one thing that Job said that I really liked, and it always moved me into the faith is, though he slays me, yet I will trust him. You know, it comes to the point that he was full of faith and he knew that God, I mean, is in charge. In every moment, he said that, um, why can't I trust God in both in good and in, and in the bad time? That, that, that a paraphrased. Even his wife told, uh, told Job that, uh, why don't you curse God and die? You understand? So it comes to the point that, to be walking in the promises of God comes to a whole lot of problems, sometimes beyond our imagination. Job didn't Job didn't understand what was going on. Job never heard like his friend, like one of his friends was saying that Job, you have sinned. Confess your sin to God so that God will deliver you. But Job find there was no flaw and he he so trusted God and kept on because he knew that in, in and out of season, God is still going to, God is God. He is incomprehensible, though he's knowable and all that. So Job kept on with, with the faith. 
So it brings us to the knowledge that faith or the promise is all about faith in Christ. Once we begin to know that God's promises and God has a whole lot of promises for, I mean, all his followers, Christians, God has a whole lot of promises for us, but has to, has to, for us to be, um, for us to get his promises, for these promises to come to, uh, to pass in our life requires an act of faith. And this faith that God requires is not as much. So I definitely agree that God is God and he um he has the final say in everything. Um you talked about the promises of of God with Job and Abraham um and I know we talked about prayer being one of the key foundations in the weight. Yeah. So once you know what the promises of God are then you establish that communication line with God through prayer. You strengthen that line with prayer and you stand on what he said through prayer. Um, so for people who may be new in the faith and who may not have a prayer life, um, what what would you suggest for them? The The new converts of Man, God, I just got saved and I I'm a mess. I don't know what to do, but I do yeah. want to walk with you and I do want to get to your promise. Um yeah. Well, um what what I would suggest they do is one to see if there is a prayer team in, in their church. If there's a prayer team in their church, then they need to join. And uh, every prayer team in a church, mostly there are prayer teams in every church, mostly. And they have some, they have their um, stipulated time that they meet and all that. So once the person gets to join, the person begins to learn how to pray slowly and slowly. And they begin to ask questions to the prayer leader and all that. So once we all started not knowing how to pray, like the disciples of Jesus said, teach us how to pray. And he gave them uh, what we call today a traditional prayer. So our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom can your will be done. And, you know, and it doesn't need the temptation. Give us this day our daily bread and, you know. All the, this is the, the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples. And this is like the foundational prayer that every believer must be able to learn. So it helps you and it's it springboard you into um into a deeper I mean prayer life because the more you begin to pray, prayer is all about dialoguing with God communicating with God. So once you begin to, I mean, talk to God in in, 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 in the first prayer that Jesus Christ taught his disciples, you begin to to help you slowly and you begin to chase, you begin to personalize the scriptures. 
Yeah. So once you personalize the scripture, once you personalize the scriptures, then you begin to understand the meaning of prayer. So like I said earlier. So it's, it's broken One is to find out if there's a prayer team in their church. In a, is it clear now? Now it's clear. Is it yeah. clear now? Yes. Now it's clear. Yeah. So one, like I said, if you find out if there's a prayer team in their church, in a case where there is no prayer team, then I would suggest that they spend time and to learn about the traditional prayer and the prayer that Jesus Christ taught the disciples, which is um, the foundational I mean, stone for every believer. I think it's in Matthew 6 or so. Yeah, I'm just going to look it up too. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if you can help me out. It's Matthew 6 or something, right? I'm, I'm double-checking right now. The Lord's Prayer is what it's called. So if you Google the Lord's Prayer, um, yeah, you will be able to find it. Um, it comes up. It gives you pictures. It gives you images of it. Um, and I am trying to see where the verse is. I'm going to just search my Bible up. Yeah, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 10. Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Yeah. Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. Okay. Because right now, we're all um, experiencing the global pandemic. So, a lot of people are not at church right now. Um, a lot of churches are not at church right now. So, they're virtual. They're online. Um, and one of the things I have been seeing, so basically you can tap into any church anywhere if you have access to the internet. Um, I've seen a lot of churches give their prayer line phone numbers. Um, yeah. or you can text pray to certain churches. Um, so I think now is a better time than ever to get connected to um a prayer ministry team because you do, you're not limited to your city you're not limited to your state you're not limited yeah. to your country you're able to access um whatever church feels like home to you mm -hmm. and i know yeah. a lot of churches in america are going to continue to do online church um mm -hmm. on not only sunday but like the wednesday night prayer our church park lawn has um wednesday night prayer on facebook so it's just a Facebook Live and people join in and they pray. Um, there's prayer groups on Facebook as well. But I like what you said about knowing the Lord's Prayer because that's the foundational base. Start there. Um, yeah. And then slowly getting immersed in the scripture. Joyce Meyer, she has a book. Um, it's called The Secret Power of Speaking God's Word. And yeah. it's a book full of scriptures. And I think I got yeah. mine on Amazon for like $10 or something like that. Um, but in the table of content, one of it's like the first page. It talks about 
all of the the scriptures based off subject. So they have scriptures for anger, anointing, anxiety and worry, the authority of the believer, um, compromise, civic responsibility, different confessions for your family, your household. It talks about confidence, commitment, control. So all of these, um, pretty much any issue someone could have, this this book, um, it's like a pocket guide to the Bible. You don't substitute the Bible for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Let me make sure I say that again. Don't substitute the Bible for anything. Read your Bible. At this point, if you're a baby in Christ or whatever... Whatever it is, find you one that you can understand that and trust God is going to reveal his word to you. I know people who don't have any type of education, but can read the King James version of the Bible and understand it. Like they haven't graduated from high school, but they know that word. And it's because they had a personal connection with God. They really had that desire to get to know God and to get to know his word. And God honors that. And we have the helper, the Holy Spirit, in order to um, to help us. And he reveals us and leads us and guides us in all truth. So it's not something to be intimidated by. Um, I know some people are not feeling the King James Version of the Bible. So there's other versions out um, there. But don't, don't get caught up in what you've heard. Study the Bible for yourself. Study... Um, Study said no, because a lot of things that I heard from church or I heard from people or I just heard in general was not correct when I read the Bible. So when I go through things, I know I can. I know for a fact what the Bible says about stuff and nobody can tell me any different. Especially when it comes to promises, I know what he said, <laughs> like I know what he said for me. I know what he said about me. And nobody can convince me anything different. Like I know that grace and mercy are new every day for me. That's that's what he said. Surely his grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's so many scriptures about God's grace and mercy. And his love is an everlasting love. He loves me with an everlasting love. Nobody will ever be able to tell me anything different. Um, yeah. Because I know. I saw it for myself. Um... I believe it. I have faith. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about that with Abraham and talked about how he, um, you know, he had faith. Even when Sarah's faith was shaky, mm -hmm. he, he had faith. And uh. I personally believe that God honored his faith even when his wife's actions was extra. Um, so they ended up with a, a bonus son who they had to send away, like you said, but ultimately they did get the promised son. Um, and then I want you to talk about, um, the praying without ceasing. So being in constant fellowship with God, what does that look like? for you throughout your day so in a in a day um what is you what would you say your communion with god looks like just for you individually not um as the role yeah. of deacon not as the role of you know 
but just yeah. just as your relationship with him. Wow. Okay. In the context of um, praying without season, what I do is um, I have a I have a specific day that I pray to God. Like that is ten uh, day even as from ten. Uh, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. at night. And this is where I, I, I pray intensely, you know, but aside that every day when I wake up in the morning, I have my morning devotion. I pray to God before stepping out. Every When I'm eating, I pray. When I'm taking decisions, I pray. When I receive new gifts, I pray. When I go out for shopping, I pray over the clothes. So everything I pray, 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 pray. But on Thursday is where I have, let's say, I always say a spiritual warfare prayer. That's the hand. So Thursday is where I really pray to destroy every works of the devil in my life, my family, my community, my church. So I pray, that's where I pray generally. What the Holy Spirit brings to my mind is, is what I pray. So I would say I've established a prayer altar and that I, I, I pray. And this, this is the place where I, I get so much connected to, to God most because I feel the presence of God. This is where I begin to hear. This is the place also I hear the voice of God. This is also the place that I have a contact with the spirit realm. This is where uh, I begin to also feel the presence of God. So prayer without season, from my own experience, is we have to pray every day at any given time. But prayer is not about your long ways. So from Monday to Sunday, I pray before I do everything. But specifically on Thursday is where I have to pray, touching on so many areas, praying for my family, praying for friends, praying for community, praying for my church, my church leaders, and praying for, in a nutshell, like interceding for anyone the Holy Spirit brings to mind or anyone that I have an agency to pray for. So that is on Thursday. But apart from Thursday, my everyday life is not about prayer, and it's not about long ways. It's about it could be just one phrase. It could be, Lord, as I step out, whatever plan of the devil, Lord, destroy it in the name of Jesus. You step out. Once when I'm eating, I break every case that is placed on this food in the name of Jesus. So it's not about your our long ways. It's about you being filled with your ways. And understanding the authority according to Luke 10 19, that behold, I've given you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, once you begin to know this authority, you begin to pray authoritative prayers. There are prayers, and there are also prayers that does not even move God. So, once you begin, the prayers that move God is when the prayer is based on the scripture you are praying according to the scripture but you're not praying according to i mean words that 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 you have created no you only remind god of his promises 
you tell God that he said according to this, this, according to his word, he shall give us good health. And you stand on that, you stand on that scriptures and you pray. So once you do that, you begin to, I mean, build up your prayer life slowly and gradually and you get you enter into a place whereby you only declare a word and the word begin to work for us so this is from my own experience of how i mean prayer without season should be yeah yeah um so I like how you said it doesn't matter about like you don't have to have a lot of words it's understanding your power and your authority it's understanding that god um said that you can ask him he said anything you ask in my name yeah yeah um and that having the confidence to know that he's giving you the keys to the kingdom uh -huh. Uh -huh. um so however that looks like for the individual is how they should carry it out. They shouldn't um, mimic other people or anything like that. It's really, if you gonna mimic anything, mimic the word of God in your prayer. Mm -hmm. Use the word of God as as your prayer, not um, voices or mannerism to other people, but really connecting with God and and reminding Him of what His word says. God, you said this, um, so I'm standing on what you said. Because you said I could. And your word doesn't come back void. Your word is valid. Um, even. Um, I want to touch on prayers of like anguish. Or um, prayers when you're like in despair. Um, the Bible says a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God doesn't despise. Oftentimes David cried out to God. Um, he was just telling them like. Man my enemies are doing a lot. <laughs> So it was in David's own unique language because he, the Psalms, David was very um, poetic with his words. And the, the, it's different from how Jeremiah prayed. It's different from how Isaiah prayed. It's different from how Ezekiel prayed. It's even different from how Abraham um, communed with God and talked to God. So understanding that your voice will be different um, and that's okay. So don't get caught up in, in mocking other people or trying to um, to mimic other people. The only person who you really want to mimic is God when you're praying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... You know, I, I want to say that um, the listeners must understand is prayer is all about communication with God. Yeah. So how you how 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 will you communicate with your friend? How you communicate? Yeah. It's it's all about that. But this in the case, it's like how you are communicating with your father. So once you look in that manner, you begin to know that it's not about like you said, not not about mimicking people's you know how they pray, but how will you speak to your father, the yeah. one who created you. So once you understand this, you always speak to God in that in that manner, very lovely, and in a way that you feel a father or a daughter relationship. In. Yeah, so it's all about communication. Yep. Um, I was listening to a pastor the other day, and he talked about um, so some people pray and they don't believe it. 
Um, and I think that happens when people are not being authentic. God honors authentic prayers. So if you say somebody else's prayer and it don't have no base, um, who was or using authority? Um, God has given everyone authority, but if you try and mimic someone else's authority, don't expect that to be effective. Um, when, when the um, seven sons of Skiva tried to cast out that demon, they said, "Like I can't, I come to you in the um, name of the God of Paul." Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold on, you, you not even saying you know God. You, yeah. you're coming like you saw someone else do. So just come to God authentic. I think that is so important. Um, and then the last part is. Is standing on a standing and be being still. Yeah. So you got to be still after after you know what he said, you know um. You know the promise, and you know you're gonna get there. You've talked to God. You've established this prayer life. Um, you're growing in the prayer life. Like Rosen said, he has a day that he commits to praying without ceasing. Um, but. His lifestyle is communication with God all the time when he's making decisions, when he's eating, when he before he leaves the house. Um, it's really just about how you commune with God. I talk to God all the time. Um, yeah. I talk to him about everything, my attitude, my uh, my kids, school, everything, even when I'm sad um, or um, even sometimes about. What I love about God and my relationship with him is how because I am careful not to utter things hastily before him because some things I don't ask for because I don't know if my motives are right. I don't know if my heart is right to ask for it. So I don't ask Um, because like you like you said um, in a previous in a previous podcast recording that. you have not because you asked with the wrong motives. So sometimes I I don't even ask him because I, I don't know if my motive is right. But what I love is that because I'm honoring him and not doing that, like he honors my request and answers it anyway, where he'll show me what my heart looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's dope. So just know, like when you ask, you're going to receive. Um, Rosen, you shared the verse, which is my favorite verse. One of my favorite verses, um, call on me and I'll show you great and mighty things, which you haven't seen in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I really, I talk about this all the time on my podcast is how, how I really came to know God for myself and how I just like start loving him just became in awe of him. Um, so I just think that's really amazing how, um, you were able to show people how to wait well um having that relationship with god establishing salvation get right with the lord <laughs> once you get right understand that he called you but some many are called few are chosen see exactly. what his purpose is for you mm-hmm. establish the lines of communication with god if you haven't talked to him before start talking to him now Get immersed in the scripture. You can start slowly. If you've never picked it up, 
gave you resources on some different uh ways to to look up scriptures on specific things so you can get it in you because whatever is in you is coming out um pray without ceasing just have a day where you just committed to just praying for everything your family your job your everything but commit some time to him and intercede not only on your behalf but on behalf of other people um you're increasing your that prayer life and you building up stamina with that and then you are still and you are being still and knowing that he's God knowing that he is going to make good on his promise because he's not a man that he should lie or the son of a man that he should have to repent um and he he doesn't the reason why so many um things are going on because it's not that God can't come down here and stop all or it's not that God cannot stop every bad thing that happens is that he would be a liar if he did. He cannot give us keys to the kingdom and then take them back because we're not operating in our authority because that would make him a liar. So that was just a free two cents for y'all because some people they they be want they want to know like. If God is real, then why is he allowing so much stuff to happen? Because he 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 said that he going to send his people to do it. He gave us authority to do it and he'll send, he sent us a helper to help us to do it. And the greater things that were done in the Bible are what we're supposed to be doing now. So sometimes you got to ask yourself, if you don't see better things in the Bible, then like, what are you not? What are you not doing? Um, so, yeah, I think that this has been a really informative podcast about waiting and about um, who we are and what our authority is as believers. And I think we will follow up and do a part two to this or a part three, I should say, um, just really going through the basics of the promises of God. So how to identify promises of God, how to identify um, the conditions of the promise or the terms of the promise or the terms of the covenant. Um, So yeah, I think that this is something that we should continue to talk about. So um, thank you, Rosen, for participating and we really, really appreciate you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your insight on what God is doing, not only in your life, but um, the things that he's revealed to you about his kingdom and how to really wait um, from a biblical perspective. So thank you for that. Um, we are going to wrap up with prayer as always. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Tune in next time. Um, yeah. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for um, communication with you. We thank you that you hear us. Um, and a broken spirit and a contrite heart you don't despise. So, we are glad that we can come to you with anything and everything and expect you to respond expect you expect you to answer um whether that it be a yes no or wait (laughs) 
And we just ask that you continue to prune our hearts and really just give us that all for you. And to remember that really you are the prize. You are the one who um, who is should be everything to us. So help us to really keep you first and keep you at the center of our lives so we can then do what you have called us to do. Identify our gifts. God and purposes help us identify them um, so we can really do your work so we just give you all the praise the glory and the honor in Jesus name amen so thank you guys again for listening and we will talk to you soon